Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. This evening, so good to be here, and uh, we thank you once again for just joining us and being a part of our service today. So let's get right into the Word of God. Uh, turn your Bibles over to the book of 1 Kings, uh, chapter 19. 1 Kings, chapter 19, and uh, we're going to be reading verses uh, 3 through five, but I like to read it out of the Amplified, um, actually out of the message translation, if you don't mind. And we're going to read 1 Kings chapter 19, starting at verse three through five. And again, I'm reading this out of the message translation. And it says these words, when Elijah saw how things were, he ran for dear life. Far in the south of Judah, he left his young servant there, and he went into the desert another day's journey, and he came to a lone broom bush and collapsed in its shade, waiting in the worst way to be done with all of this, just to die. And he said these words, he says, enough of this, God. Take my life. I'm ready to join my ancestors in the grave, exhausted, and he fell asleep under the loon bloom bush, and suddenly an angel shook him awake and said, get up and eat. Father, we thank you for who you are. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to speak to you on the subject of when enough is enough. And I found that scripture um, very profounding because if you begin to read in chapter 18, a chapter before this, this is exactly where there was a drought that was taking place. And we see uh, uh, scriptures in verse 43 of chapter 18 where Elijah sends his servant to go seven times to look for a cloud of, of rain to come through. And we know in the scriptures that it does show that there was a cloud as small as a, a, a man's hand where rain was going to fall. Now we begin to look at a chapter over. Now we begin to see that Elijah is running where breakthrough of revival is about to take place within his life. And I believe that in our lives as we begin to um, come to church long enough or we begin to um, begin to experience Christ long enough, uh, we go through some battles of our lives where you're in a battle and all of a sudden you begin to see a breakthrough through of God's blessings. Uh, you begin to see a breakthrough upon your life, uh, but then all of a sudden you begin to see another uh, battle or another storm begin to take place in our lives. Uh, and if you've been coming to church long enough, or even if you are new into church, uh, there comes to a point of our lives, just like Elijah, is that we begin to come to a point of our lives where we begin to say, God, uh, enough is enough. I can't uh, handle 
handle this anymore. Uh, I rather just begin to die. Uh, I begin to just begin to just be at a place uh, where I'm done with trials. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I've come to a point in my life sometimes uh, where I begin to say, God, uh, isn't this enough? Uh, aren't you tired of seeing me suffer? Uh, and God begins to say, uh, you don't know anything about suffering. Uh, there's nothing that you know about suffering. Uh, did you see that my son died on the cross uh, for your sins? Uh, he suffered. Uh, he suffered for us uh, in pain and agony. Uh, and I'm here today to tell you, uh, I understand that there's points of our lives uh, where we begin to say, enough is enough. And I want to begin to talk about uh, is that Elijah uh, comes to a place of his life uh, is that we're, uh, I like to uh, begin to just bring this topic uh, where in that verse where he says uh, that he collapsed. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, if you ever been sick enough uh, or have you ever been tired enough? Uh, have you ever just collapsed at your bed? Uh, have you ever been so sick uh, and vomiting and uh, at a place of your life where you were just so much in pain that the pain and the sickness took over your life and you collapsed. I want you to understand there's a point of our lives where God will bring you to your knees to finally collapse and say, God, I'm done faking it. I'm done trying to do everything on my own. There has to come the point of our lives that we finally say, God, take me to my knees. Collapse me where I need to collapse because I need your presence. I need your power. I need to be revived within my heart. <laughs> Elijah is at a place called enough where enough is enough. And I'm here today to tell you there are some in this room today, uh, you need to come to a point of your life and say, enough is enough. Uh, enough is enough. Uh, I'm tired of the devil ripping me off. Uh, I'm tired of the devil putting me in shame and guilt. Uh, enough is enough. Uh, enough is enough. My marriage uh, will be restored. Uh, my finances will be restored. Uh, my children will begin to come back into the house of the Lord. Uh, you have to come to a place where you say enough is enough and some of you may begin to say well I can't beg to God I can't cry out to God oh yes you can because here is Elijah a man after God he is being used by God revival was taking place and he should be rejoicing he should be shouting at the top of his lungs but all of a sudden something twists within his life and in his mind of someone chasing him and he begins to turn the wrong way he runs he runs into a cave he runs into a, a destiny that he shouldn't go after uh, and you begin to look where he says uh, he's exhausted uh, he fell uh, by the bush uh, but suddenly an angel shook him uh, and woke him up uh, I pray to God uh, that tonight is the night uh, that God uh, begins to shake you up uh, begins to wake you up uh, and say uh, it is time that you fall 
fight. It is time that you get out of your cave. It's time that you begin to say, enough, devil. Oh, God, is now is the time. I believe with all of my heart uh, that as we begin to enter in this season, uh, more people are vocal about their sins uh, than the Christian uh, talking about how God could deliver them from their sins. Uh, we need to wake up as a church uh, and begin to say, God, uh, revive our souls, uh, revive our nation, uh, revive what needs to be revived in our hearts. Elijah is running and sometimes God will get you uh, where he needs you in your life. Uh, there are times where God will get you uh, what you need exactly where you are at. Uh, and it's amazing uh, how many times uh, in my life uh, where I felt so remote from God. Uh, how does God find us? Uh, how does God locate us? Uh, see, Elijah was running in the opposite direction. But God found him. The only reason that you're here today, uh, some of you weren't even looking for Jesus. Uh, but Jesus found you. Uh, he went out looking for you. Uh, isn't that the best thing about salvation? Uh, we were hiding from Jesus. Uh, we were hiding from church. Uh, you were even hiding from the police. Uh, but Jesus uh, found you. Uh, he brought you to your knees. Uh, and this is why you're here today. Because he found you. One thing that I always know is that Jesus knows exactly where we're at. Even when we feel alone, even when we feel distance from God, uh, he is right beside us. When I was thinking about all the ways that God had provided for Elijah, uh, I began to think about uh, how many times has God provided for us? where he was hiding in the cave, uh, where he wasn't eating and he wasn't drinking. Uh, I mean, uh, the littlest things that God would do, uh, bring some bread uh, from a bird. Uh, I'm here today to tell you uh, God will use the craziest things uh, to revive us, uh, to get us to a place uh, that you need to be, to come to God and say, God, uh, here I am. I believe today as you're here, some of us are, we're crying for a miracle. We're crying that God will set us free. We're crying that God will bring in our children. We're praying for a breakthrough. There have been many seasons where blessings and opportunities and mercy and grace have become available to us, uh, even when we're not even expecting it. This is powerful because you have to understand that we should be aware that the presence of God uh, is not always revealed in our behavior. Uh, some seasons we appreciate the blessings uh, during seasons that we don't even understand. But he gets you out of it. I mean that the truth of this passage, when you begin to look at this, uh, I mean, uh, uh, you look at, the, uh, at Elijah, you begin to look at his life, uh, you begin to say uh, that God is the God, uh, Jehovah Jireh, uh, my provider. Uh, he drops things in front of us. Uh, but what causes us to run? And that's the question I need to ask you today. Uh, why are you running from God? Uh, why are you running from the presence of God? Uh, why are you running?
running from the blessing and the miracle that God wants to have in your life. There are some of you in this room here today. You should be preaching. You should be teaching. But you're running from the call of God. Listen to me. I've been at a place where I try to run from God's calling. I try to run from what he was doing. Oh, but God got me to my knees and said, your talent, your gift, your blessings, you can't run from it. When you're anointed, you're anointed. And some of you have been running from the blessing. You've been running from the calling of God. And God is saying to you this evening, it's time to stop running and allow him to use you. Elijah, he came to a lone broom bush and collapsed. And he began to say, enough is enough. What kind of despair causes a, a man of faith like Elijah? What uh, kind of despair uh, causes a man like Elijah to all of a sudden collapse? Think about that for a very moment. All we get is Elijah was afraid. He ran for his life and collapsed. I mean, think about all the things that he survived. The drought, living as a refuge, on the run, not because of disobeying God, but because he obeyed God. And I need to touch that a little bit because uh, there's times in our lives where we begin to say, uh, God, I obeyed you. Uh, I did what you wanted me to do. Uh, but why is the devil uh, taunting me? Uh, I've learned one thing, uh, that the devil only goes after the best. Uh, the devil only goes after the ones uh, that, are, uh, that are a threat to him. Uh, so I'm here today to tell you, uh, if you're in the fire uh, and you're being tempted, uh, thank God that he going after you. You need to rejoice and praise and say, God, here I am, God. Protect me. Here I am, God. I'm your will. I'll do your will. Oh, man. We're aware of the consequences when we disobey God. See, when you disobey God, there are the consequences. Sometimes following God will lead you straight into the famine. This was the case for Elijah. And I want you to understand there are some things that Elijah had to go through. The first thing that he had to go through was disappointment. Disappointment. We always talk about disappointment of defeat or, or being weak. But I've learned something uh, that more blessings uh, create more battles uh, more blessings uh, create more battles uh, and I'm here today to tell you uh, if you're crying out for a, a blessing if you're crying out for a miracle uh, get ready for the battle uh, get ready uh, to swing and understand that the enemy will come after you see disappointment will do set in and Elijah had to go through a place of disappointment, uh, of a letdown. Uh, and sometimes we assume uh, that the only disappointed uh, people are in the world. Well, there could be disappointment in the church. 
That's why I've always learned, uh, be careful who you hang around with. Uh, be careful who you tell your story to. Uh, be careful uh, because uh, you don't always want to hear uh, something that you want to hear. Uh, I've learned that you need to go to the people uh, that you don't want to hear from. Uh, and that's your pastor. That's your leader. Uh, that's the godly wisdom uh, of knowledge that you have to understand. Uh, well, I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be disappointed of what I hear. Elijah came to a place where he saw rain come. Elijah thought that the struggle would end. We struggle with the fact that more blessings come with more challenges. It's interesting to think about all the ways that God was great to Elijah. On the surface, we see that Elijah is supposed to be prophesying in certain places and then leaving these places. But something took place in his life. And you can come to a place of your life where you're disappointed and saying, God, I should be here with my marriage. I should be here with my kids. I should be here in ministry. I should be here. Disappointment can set it in your life and make you go backwards in your life. It's crazy how we can teach our kids everything that we want. But it's crazy how wicked TVs and movies uh, will portray uh, uh, what marriage is uh, all about and what sex is all about. Uh, it's not in a movie. Uh, we have to be living examples to our children, uh, to the people that are around us. Uh, you see, I want you to understand uh, is that today uh, kids and young adults uh, will get married because they think it solves all the, all the problems in, your, in their lives uh, and when they get married and they realize uh, this is not what they signed up for they get disappointed yeah. Yeah. well if I just find the right one I find the right or he or you know the right one no, find God first. Find the mind of God first. Find him first. Elijah's goal was never really to reign, but it was a point of repentance. That's what he wanted to see, was repentance in the nation. He wanted to see that. And when Jezebel was promoted and all of this, Elijah, he understood that he was about to be killed and murdered. I believe his greatest fear was not that he would die, but that nothing would change in the nation. The other thing that we can learn from him is the responsibility. And the responsibility is this, is that uh, a lot of us, uh, we, want, uh, we want title. We want things uh, before God. We, we want to be looked at, uh, but we don't want responsibility. Uh, we don't want responsibility in our lives. Uh, I'm talking about the people who know that the blessings of God gets heavy sometimes. Uh, those that give their all uh, and know what the cost is. Uh, see, those are people that understand uh, that there is a cost and responsibility of saying yes to God. But there are just some folks that say no to God and say no to a miracle, no to a blessing, because they don't want responsibility in the time of being used by God. Amen. Amen. That's hard. 
Because you want to be the preacher, you want to be the singer, you want to be the main one, but there's responsibility behind that. You see, you want to get married, you want to be a father, but you can't just have a title of husband and wife. There's responsibility of being a mom and being a dad and being a parent. There's responsibility behind it all. God has provided for Elijah everywhere that God has sent Elijah. But Elijah is going somewhere that God did not send him, but he still provides. Praise God for the provision that we did not earn, for the mercy we did not deserve. Praise God that he has given us what we don't deserve. Being a preacher is a privilege. Being a parent is a privilege. However, there are times that I've come to look and say, God, why did you make me a preacher? Why did you make me a dad? Because it's hard being a dad. It's hard being a preacher. I'll be honest but it's a responsibility when God is with you who can be against us and I'm here today to tell you is that when you begin to look at our lives and begin to look at your life what happens to you is that you have to understand you have to come to a place where you begin to say enough of this Elijah said, enough, God, enough of this. When was the last time that you told God, uh, I'm tired of this, uh, enough of this sickness, uh, enough of this addiction, uh, enough of me crying uh, my, at, at night, uh, wondering what my kids are doing, uh, wondering when they're going to come back. Uh, you come to a place of your life and say, God, uh, enough of this. Uh, I put my husband, my wife in your hands. Uh, I put my kids in your hands. Uh, I put my finances in your hands, God. Uh, enough. I'm tired of being fearful. I'm tired of losing sleep at night. It causes you to carry something. It causes you to wear the mantle. It causes you to stay uh, and raise those kids. It causes you. It causes you, but it's a responsibility that God entrusted you to do. The other thing is opposition. Elijah wasn't scared of Jezebel. He was just scared of what was taking place, of no repentance. But I love what he says in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10. He says, I've been working my heart out for God of the angel armies. And he said, Elijah said, but the people, the people, he's beginning to say the people. I've been crying, I've been praying, but it's the people that you have given me. I've been trying to serve you, God, but it's the husband, it's the wife that you gave me. I've been trying to do something in church, but it's the people. It's the people. I'm here today to tell you, stop blaming that it's the people, that it's your spouse. It's time to own up and say, it's me. 
As a parent, when we don't want to deal with our kids, what do we tell our spouse? Take care of your kids. We had that conversation a couple of weeks ago, me and my wife, and I have two beautiful daughters, and she's like, take care of your girls. I'm like, wait a minute, they're your girls too. We always want to blame pastors should take care of that. The pastor, I mean, the church is falling apart because the pastor. We are a church where we stand united and uh, we begin to put ourselves together and say we can make things happen. We can make the church grow. With God's help, we can do that. I love the fact that Jezebel, he understood that, that she was coming after him. She, uh, he understood that she was coming around. And the Spirit of God is uh, understanding that he is there and Elijah is out. Uh, and God said, uh, wait a minute, not so fast, buddy. Uh, not so fast. Uh, you're not going to quit on this right now. Uh, I gave too much to you. Uh, I blessed you too much. Uh, I gave you too much. Uh, you saw miracles. You saw a curse. Uh, and no, 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 Elijah. You're not going to drop the mic on this one. Uh, and take off running. There's more for you to accomplish. There's more for you to handle. And not because you're just going to collapse. I'm going to be easy on you. No. I want you to understand that God came after him. The angel shook him up. He ever been shooken up before? Have you ever been in an earthquake where it shook you up in the middle of the night? Uh, who is shaking my house? Uh, who is shaking it up? Uh, I mean, you ever been shook before? Uh, I pray to God uh, that God will shake this place. Uh, I pray to God that God uh, that will shake this room, uh, shake this place, uh, and begin uh, to get a hold of your life and begin to say enough. But we don't want to be shooken. We're at a place where I'm good, God. I'm okay. The other thing that we can see is position. The issue of position is uh, of, uh, of being ruled or through the kings here that he went through. And Elijah, we begin to see is that God begins to tell him to go back. We see that in verse 15 where he begins to tell him to go back. Tells him to, to begin to take position and then go back. And the greatest opportunity in this area of your greatest is, is always going to be your greatest opposition in your life. Begins to tell him to go back into the place of your responsibilities. Get back to your mantle. Go back to it. And I'm here today to tell you some of us got to get back to the position where God placed you. Uh, we got to get back. 
back uh, to the position uh, where God wants you to go to. Uh, some of you have ran uh, long enough. Uh, you're tired. Uh, you're exhausted. Uh, you're at a point of your life where you are uh, about to collapse. Uh, but that is where God wanted to get you at. Uh, if you're ready to collapse uh, and you're about to faint uh, and you're about to sit down at that lonely bush, uh, then go ahead and do it. Uh, because that is a point of your life uh, where God said, uh, I got you where I need you now. Uh, I got you where I need you. Uh, in the position of prayer. Uh, in the position where you call out my name. Uh, in the position that you cry out to me. Uh, because I'm your only hope for your life and your marriage. Get your mantle back. You got to get your fight back. See, the same place where the enemy is fighting you most is the same place where God supplies will be the greatest of our lives. See, I want you to understand as, as we're here and my, the keyboard player comes out. What you understand is that I love the fact that I've studied Elijah for so long. It's just always been a part of me as a preacher because as you begin to see in chapter 18, I told you he prayed for the rain. And it said it was the rain was coming as what? As small as a man's hand. But the moment now in Elijah's life, he's He's running from the very thing that he prayed for. In my time of being a preacher, in my time of even me having a church, I've seen where wives, all I want is my husband to be saved. All I want is my husband to be saved. All I want is my husband to be saved. All I want him to do is stop drinking. And the moment that they do that and God does that. My husband's never home. He's always at church. He's always at church. He's never home. He's always cleaning. He's always with pastor. He's always somewhere with the men. <laughs> God will always seem to amaze us of the prayer and the miracle that we're asking for. Enough is enough. When is enough? When is it enough, God? See, Elijah came to a place of his life. He said, just take my life now. I've been there before. Oh, God, just take me now, God. Take me out of my misery. Take me now, Jesus. And Jesus said, you ain't ready yet. And I'm not ready for you yet. There's more that needs to be done here on earth. Parents, listen, I'm not the wisest 
father or I had good parents that raised me. I did, but now I have my own. All we can do is pray and seek God. And I thank God that my girls are here. And we should be thankful too if your kids are here, but maybe your kids aren't here. You pray, you seek God, and you begin to say, God, enough of me worrying, enough of this into your hands. I give you them. I don't know who this is for, but I really believe that there's someone in this room or you're watching online. You're sick. You're sick in body. And you pray for a healing. You pray for that miracle. But it seems that it just passes you by. And you're at a point of your life where you say, enough is enough, God. Where's my healing? Where do I get healed? Don't give up. You don't lose faith. You don't lose in the hope that our Heavenly Father, your healing is on its way. Uh, your miracle is on your way. Uh, all you got to do is keep pressing. Uh, all you got to do is keep pushing through and keep fighting. But I love how it says, the angel shook him up. Get up. Eat and drink. To me, kind of reminds me of when we take communion. Here's my body. Here's my blood. And God is telling some of us in this room today to get up Eat and drink and allow God to bring healing and to set you free and to bring you to a place of your life. The enough of enough is not for you to quit, but for you to continue to fight the good fight and continue to move forward today. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. Father, we thank you. There are some folks in this room today, God, they're at a place of their lives where they have said enough is enough. Father, there are some moms and there are some dads in this room today. You hear their cry. There's some husbands and some wives in this room today, God. You begin to hear them begin to say, enough is enough. I want it to be restored. There's some in this room that are, who are sick in body. They're tired of being sick. And there, God, there are some in this room and watching online. They're just running from their calling. They're running. But we come to a place right now where we begin to say enough is enough. We're not going to run. We're not going to live in fear. We're not going to live in doubt. 
but we're willing right now, God, to be shook by your presence and by your Holy Spirit. Today, maybe you're watching online, you're here, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You've been running from God. Would you say this prayer and say, Jesus, I come before you. Forgive me of all of my sins. I accept you into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, now you have a new relationship with Jesus Christ where you could be, you don't have to be bound by your sins and your addictions, but God has set you free. You are now entered into the kingdom of heaven today. Church, I believe with all of my heart, there are some folks in this room today, you just need to be shook by the Holy Ghost. Some of you just need to be shook by the presence of the Lord. You need to come to a place of your life where you begin to say, enough is enough. If God spoke to you and that's you in this place today, uh, if you're here with your spouse, you're here with your children, uh, I want you just to grab them by their hand uh, and come to this altar uh, and you begin to say, God, uh, here is my life. Enough is enough. Uh, I'm going to allow God to bring healing.